the Phoenix Suns are down 24 points. We're playing the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that over the past week has handed the Suns their ass. The Suns are falling into their typical modus operandi when it comes to their offense. They're just chucking up threes, one-and-done possessions. And then, Matthew, slowly, surely, Devin Booker starts to cook. He carries his team. He wills them to victory, and they beat the New Orleans Pelicans. What a day for comebacks for you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it reminds you of the uh, Minnesota game a little bit, right? Like, honestly, yes, dude, I yeah, yeah, I missed that one. So the whole Minnesota game, just really quick, I was actually hiking, and you texted me, and I was watching the game, and, and I fucking fell. slipped down the mountain, and I was scraped up a little bit. But uh, tonight was even better. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't hiking for this one because that that the Pel. What is going? What is going on? Is that you? What is? is Leave, leave the studio and come back. I, if you're watching along live, thank you for doing so. Matthew's somehow he's he's glitching. Jeff F says in the chat that Matthew's trying to make him throw up. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. It's probably me. So I'll leave the studio. Matthew, if you're still here, my whole computer's frozen. <laughs> what is going on? Uh, who knows? But we do know that the Phoenix Suns won this game. Is it me, Matthew, or is oh, it you? We're good. I think we're good. Okay. That I was... think we're fine now. Yeah, I think we figured yeah. this one out. Aussie Suns fans, thanks for joining us in the in the, in the in the live stream uh, some crazy things going on because it's been literally a crazy day you know it as has. matthew mentioned for those of you who watch the nfl you know matthew and i we've talked about it a little bit here on the podcast we're in a survivor with a lot of people i got eliminated last week matthew is still alive and he picked the vikings and they were down 30 to nothing today <laughs> slipped down the mountain didn't see the game. They came back. I cleaned out the garage the whole damn day. I'm like checking. I'm like, oh my god! Every time I come in, they had another, you know, seven seven yeah. points. I was like, oh my god, it's happening. <clears throat> and then, of course, what happened tonight? Just unbelievably fantastic. So, a ton of things to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. If you're listening, you're lucky that you didn't get that little epileptic seizure that we just gave to everybody who was watching <sighs> yeah, on sorry, along live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, if you happen to be still here and not seizuring. Please hit a thumbs up while you're hanging out with us. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. Plenty to talk about, as I mentioned. Uh, Matthew, I you, you got to have a beer. You I got to have a beer. Yeah, tonight. you you text me you're like, Matthew, you better have a beer ready tonight. And I was like, you know what? Yes, I want a beer. Why haven't I been drinking a beer? And I went to go get a beer, and it was good luck because the Suns came back. So I think that's what the been, that's been the issue, right? That I've not been drinking beers. Yes, and the Suns have been losing. So let me get my beer, my keys out. Sorry for okay. the ruckus to pop it open. I, all right, and I, I've got a Coors Light. <clears throat> and Matthew, you're gonna have to do the drop because I'm pretty sure it's my mouse that's messing everything up. Oh, is it all messing up? Yeah, my computer's acting all funky on this side. So get ready to do the drop. Pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Oh yeah. Oh and the uh, careful spewing out, spewing out. Oh yeah. There it is. <laughs> Let's talk about this amazing Phoenix Suns victory over the Pelicans. Hit the drop.
All right, John has dropped out. He'll be right back. 118-114. What a fantastic game. Um, You know what? Yeah, I have a beer. And Sonia, you can't drink no more. I'm so sorry. Tonight is a special occasion, so I wish you could drink with us. But, John, you all right there, man? I mean, I feel like we're... It's just, it's one of those weird days that all the technology is not working, but it's not going to stop me from asking you my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Yes. Is this the most important victory of the season? The most impressive or just another victory as the Suns win 118 to 114 over the New Orleans Pelicans. It's important. I think when we were heading into halftime, it was a big um, just d- disappointment. You said, go get a beer. I'm like, yeah, I'll take the last two minutes of this quarter off, second quarter, and go get a beer, come back. There's about seven minutes left in the third quarter. It took longer than I thought. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad because we're down by 24. I'm like, this is going to be one of those games where I'm going to be doing my laundry, listening to another Suns loss. But it, it changed, man. It changed, and Booker, he made sure to let the Pelicans know, like, hey, you're my bitch, all right? I haven't been healthy. You've been lucky. I have not been there for my teammates, just like Zion wasn't, but I'm going to go off and score 58 points. And it's important because, dude, they needed to – they won last game, but no one gave a shit. You can tell by no one giving a shit because of the podcast. If no one's watching the podcast, no one's giving a shit. Tonight, they give a shit. You guys will be here watching this tonight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the Jamsters are coming out tonight because it's a party. It's a Saturday night, and and you're right. It was a frustrating watch uh, for the first two quarters of this game, and you were starting to think, okay, the Suns beat the Dallas Mavericks every time they faced them last season during the regular season. So maybe when we go to the playoffs, it'll be the same thing when we play the Pelicans. We could have beat them in the regular season, but we could beat them in a series. Like you, You're starting to go into like that depth of Mordor, if you will. Like yeah. you're trying to find something to make this make sense because the team just didn't look good in the uh in in that first half. You know, Devin Booker was the only one who was doing really anything at all relative to offense. Uh the team overall, you know, they they fell into that same pattern of just hoisting up three pointers aimlessly and, and providing a lot of one and done possessions you take a look at the first half for the phoenix suns and they scored 46 points they were 16 of 44 from the field devin booker was 8 of 13 so the remainder of the team was 8 of 31 he was 8 of 13 they were 8 of 31 from the field okay he was 3 of 5 from beyond the arc they were 6 of 23 you know so they're 6 of 18 or I'm sorry, they're 3 of 18, he's 3 of 5. So Devin Booker's cooking. He has 22 points in that first half. You got 5 points from Bismack, you got 10 from McHale, 3 from Chris Paul, 4 from Landry Shamit, 2 from Jock Landau. The Pelicans, conversely, they have 63 points. I mean, the, the Suns are just getting demolished. They have 19 points in that second quarter. And to your point, Matthew, it's like, okay, here we go again. It's the same thing that we've been seeing for the past, since December 4th for the Phoenix Suns. They just they can't shoot in the first half. Thirty six point four percent from be, from the field, twenty six point one percent from beyond the arc. Outside of the outlier, which was the Clippers game, it's this pattern of the Phoenix Suns just not. They they have to wait till halftime to even have any semblance of waking up, and it was a frustrating watch for that first half of the game. Yeah, it definitely was, and uh, like I said earlier, it was one of those games where you just thought it was over again. 
but they started off really, really just, you know, making sure that they kind of got ahead of this team and not being down so far like they have been in the past few games where if they do get down, they get down themselves. There's no one to save them, really. And I think that's the healthy booker that makes a difference is because we have no one else. There's no there's no offense. There's no offensive flow. A lot of it's ISO. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. A lot of players, like including Okogi's playing like different roles where he's playing down there against Zion and he's just yeah. playing big body defense against him, which is very strange. So a lot of the players are doing different things that they're not used to. And uh, and uh, you have Bismack playing a lot of minutes. You have uh, Landell coming in, playing some big minutes. But the, the guys out there, they just don't, they have no sync. So it's kind of nice to see that we have a guy like Booker for the next 10 years that can do this shit that can just... Yeah go off because you know like it's not gonna happen like this all the time but dude before he got hurt it was amazing basketball oh, yeah. it's always it's always amazing before he gets hurt so when he comes back man it's like this is his first real game where he's healthy and the pelicans were not prepared in the second half and i wasn't prepared either i thought no. it was sir i surely thought it was over in the first half dude i really well, did you talk about not being prepared. I'm sitting there and I'm watching the first two quarters and halftime of this game, flicking, flipping back and forth to see the the Bills and the Miami Dolphins game because it was <laughs> it was a boring game to watch for the Phoenix Suns. And in the middle of the third quarter, I realized, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be writing the recap for Bright Side of the Sun on this one. <laughs> so talk about like an oh, shit moment. Uh, my wife's here. My sister-in-law's here. They're like, hey, can you take us down to the bar? I'm like, no, I actually got a right. So take an Uber. <laughs> so, <you> know, <laughs> but I was just like, oh, man, I was completely unprepared. But one of the observations I noticed early in the game is without DeAndre Ayton, Jonas Valanciunas looks like a different player against this team. There was no semblance of an interior for the Phoenix Suns, and it makes you really value DeAndre Ayton when you go against a team like the New Orleans Pelicans. After seeing what he could do against this team, in his last two performances, he owned the interior. He could do whatever he want. He made Jonas Valanciunas look ridiculous on both ends of the floor. And then you go and you look in this game, and right off the bat, the first thing that the Pelicans are doing is they're feeding Jonas down low because they know they can. He ends up going 5 of 7 in the first quarter in the 10 minutes that he played. He scored 10 points. You couple that with the 6 of 7 shooting from C.J. McCollum, who had 15 points. And the one guy you were worried about in this game, Zion Williamson, was one of two in the first quarter, only had two points, and the Suns were down seven right out the shoot. So how much do the Phoenix Suns miss DeAndre Ayton, and, and, you know, especially after seeing how valuable he is in his absence tonight? After seeing Okogi, I'm like, I don't care about Ayton anymore. That guy can hit those boards. He can body up Zion. He's guarding Zion. Who cares? Um, no, that's the first thing I thought about. It's funny you brought that up because when he went, he had 10 and 5, in the first quarter, it, right away, I feel like Big V usually gets off to hot starts against the Suns, and he kind of fades away. He only had 12 points the rest of the game. But I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? If Aiden's not there, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night for the Suns down there on the boards, but they really didn't give up any offensive rebounds. Last time I checked what it was like halftime, a little after maybe a six-minute mark in the third, they only give up like four offensive rebounds, which is something that, you know, if you don't have Aiden and you want to make sure that you can make this a competitive game, you can't give up those second-chance points. And they didn't. They kind of took Big V out of the game. Big V was trying to work those little ISO plays back and down Biombo down there underneath the basket. It wasn't working out later in the game. He was Mm -hmm. taking too long. By the time he was done, like the there was a couple games that were already over. You know what I mean? Like he was just taking his time. He was um, traveling a lot. They weren't calling travels on him for some reason down there. But it just was nasty basketball. But Bismack held up towards, I would say, after halftime. He just made sure he was quiet. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm glad because I was really thinking that this was going to be a problem without DA there, dude. Yeah, no, I did. I, I didn't think it was going to be that big of an issue until I saw how they were attacking the interior, and then it, it dawned on me. You know, and this is for all those reminders of all those people who talk about DeAndre Ayton, ourselves included. You know, we're a post-game podcast. We go live after every Phoenix Suns game, so we're going to overreact to every Phoenix Suns game. And there's going to be games where we see DA and we're questioning his aggressiveness on the offensive end and his ability to catch the ball and yada, 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 yada. But you see how valuable he is on defense when he's not there because they start to attack the interior. And, and Zion is the one who got to do it in the fourth quarter. But to your point, Bismack Biombo started to body him up a little bit uh, and start to just make him uncomfortable. And it was a good performance, but it wasn't a great performance because we didn't have DeAndre Ayton. But obviously, the guy who you got to talk about tonight is one Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. Ooh, wow. 58 burger. 5-8 for Devin Booker tonight. 21 of 35 from the field. So 58 points on 35 shots. I'll take that all the time. That's a called efficient basketball he was six of 12 from beyond the arc 10 of 15 from the free throw line he had five re or six rebounds five assists in this game and it's crazy you go and you look at those free throws man if he hits two of those free throws he's he has 60 and it's got such a nice ring to it and you look at the back end of this game when this team and again final score 118 to 114 a Devin Booker had 55 points when the teams were tied at 99 Okay, so he ends of those final 20, 19 points. Devin Booker only had three of them. So one, I got to say, the, the, the way that Devin Booker approached this game, right off the bat, it's the first thing I wrote in my, in my notes. Devin Booker's fluidity is back. There was a fluidity to his jump shot that's been a little bit off over the past couple games. Uh, since the Celtics game, since he tweaked his, his ankle, He's had some issues. He had the hamstring issue in the Clippers game. He didn't look super efficient. I think he was 6 of 24, something along those lines. But he comes out tonight, and he just he put the team on his back. As we both have mentioned, the first half was a laugher. The Phoenix Suns are down, what, 17 points at halftime? They go down 24 points in the second half. And you're just like, shit, this sucks. This sucks. But you know what? It's a regular season game. You're talking yourself into – to you know what your plans are going to be for tomorrow night and you're counting your Christmas hens outside and hoping that they're hatching eggs and whatnot. And then Devin Booker just goes, you know what? In the third quarter, I'm going into Armani mode, as our friend Espo likes to say. He, he scores 20 points. He's 8 of 12 from the field, 2 of 3 from beyond the arc, uh, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. And he scores 20 of the Suns, 38 points. And what was so valuable about that quarter is he finally had some support. Chris Paul was three of four from the field uh, and two of three from beyond the arc, mind you. You know, Damian Lee hit his only three-pointer in that period. Mikael Bridges finally hit a three. So it's like not only was Devin Booker starting to cook, but the rest of his team was finally supporting him, and that's what we talked about. The two games that we played against the Pelicans, we could have won if Devin Booker had been on his B game. Yeah, one, yeah. You know, and so he was on his A++ game tonight, and the Suns win by four. Yeah, and a lot of reactions you hear from uh, the players or you know whoever's tweeting out there. You know, it, it's a long season. Let's just let's get through this. There's injuries. Every team's going through it. But Booker's like, you know what? Fuck them kids, dude. I've <laughs> I have not played against the Pelicans healthy 
the Pelicans, they had the windmill dunk at the end of the game. And I wish we would have had that chance to do that because we would have done that for sure. I was thinking who would have done it. Maybe Jock, maybe Okogi, maybe even Mikhail. Who knows? Maybe even Booker, another reverse dunk. But it would have happened if we would have kind of blown them out by 11. But you kind of felt that the way Booker was playing. Even when we were down by like five or six, I'm like, this game's over. Suns are going to win this game. The Pelicans can't handle this. Um, you can double team them. You can put Alvarado on them. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. The guy was so super hot. EJ said, MJ, Kobe. He brought up the MJ, Kobe name about, you know, th- that's how hot he was playing tonight. He just did he, he kind did of. Did Chambers at halftime? No, I did not. What did he say? He said he's like, he's so, he's so hot out there. He needs to be shooting naked. He needs to be what? Shooting naked. Like, everyone's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> just say, like, you give him a female co-host, and all of a sudden he doesn't know what the hell he's saying anymore. Oh, dude, you sound like electronic kind of, dude. Like uh, Daniel Dorte the other night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't hear you now. Are you talking? Oh, yeah, I can't hear you, man. Oh, you're on mute. Okay. Um. So yeah. So okay, there we yeah. Go. Booker did say my computer's okay. being funny tonight, man. It's it's, it's fun funny when tonight. it's this way, dude. I I yeah. I, I get yeah. Fabio that. in the chat's like void of robot. Am I still robot voicing it? No, you sound good. You sound good now. Okay. Now I'm lagging. I don't know what the, I'll, I'll let the you Suns know. go and win a huge game, and my computer's like double. Can't double it just bird. can't handle it? No. Um. But Booker <laughs> was like, dude, the way he just came out, especially the first quarter, ten points were away, but. He's just like, no, like, I'm not going to, we're not going to lose another game and just talk about, eh, it's a long season. We got to have injuries come back. No, I'm going to go win this game because I know what this team did to us last game and how they think they're better than us, how they think we look old. You know, when you call someone old, that is the ultimate disrespect. You don't want to call anybody old because we were calling them old. We were calling them old. (laughs) Pelicans fans are calling them old. The, I'm sure they've heard stuff on the court that about them looking old. Booker doesn't care. He wanted to win this game, especially playing in Phoenix, man. It's a Friday. It's a Saturday night. You know, people are out there on their dates. I think OBJ's in the first row and he's like, we can't get blown out again. Like this has happened too much to these celebrities that show up. We got to make sure that we show up and that I can just take them on my shoulders and win this game. Because when we're limited, limiting the opportunities for second chance points, I have all day out there. I have all day to score as many points as I want, because I know my defense is going to help me out and get us back into this game. And that's exactly what happened, man. Everyone else was fighting for this because Booker was going off, but he was still playing team ball. He was still playing team ball, man. Well, what I'll say is this. Okay. Now my other computer's going crazy. I can't (laughs) win for losing tonight, man. (laughs) What I'll say is this Devin Booker up to this point over these past few games, we talked about it. He, all of his shots have been just missing, just missing. I mean, like 83.7% of the way down the cylinder before they pop out. And now that's, we knew the market was going to correct itself. He had to keep shooting. He had to keep putting himself in a position to where he can hit those shots and, and allow himself to be human and to feel the, the shot going through. And it started to fall tonight. And we know when Devin Booker can get on those heaters, much akin to a lot of the great players in the NBA, when he gets on those heaters, he is unstoppable. And he proved it again tonight. And I think that, yeah, OBJ being in there, there there was definitely a vibe in there tonight. And there's no echoes, okay? That's the one thing you notice. There wasn't any echoes, uh, as Eddie Johnson noted about the Smoothie King Center, and then everybody, like, was giving him shit about it. But I'll tell you, (laughs) I, I don't think that, 
the the Suns fans, they, I mean, I know that they showed up. They showed out. Uh, I wish I heard more boos when Alvarado had the ball, but that was just me personally yeah, because we're not because, petty like that because so I'm because we? I'm petty like that. Um, but <laughs> um, Shamil in the in the chat he says gorilla dick book. I mean, he was out there. Ooh, just uh, gorillas have small penises, so careful. Do they? Me. Yeah, the girls they have the smallest penises. Um, they're huge, but they have small dicks. And uh, monkeys they have bigger dicks than um, gorillas. Come for the Booker so. information. Learn about. <laughs> orangutan anatomy there you go Joe Rogan podcast i'm pretty sure that's where <laughs> okay well let's talk about another guy who had a huge impact on this game josh you look at the stat line and it wasn't a massive stat line for josh akogi he ended with a total of 23 minutes he had seven points he had six rebounds but he had four massive offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter that truly sealed this game, coupled with his seven of eight from beyond the arc, or I mean, I'm sorry, from the free throw line. That's where he scored all of his points, Matthew, was from the free throw line in late game, high pressure situations. It was Devin Booker who said, who took uh, the team and said, hop on my back. I'm going to carry you. And then when the game was tied at 99 apiece, he was just done. He tried to get to that 60. He tried so hard. He couldn't hit anything. He was missing free throws. But it was Josh Akogi who came in and and finished the game off, in my opinion. Yeah, the way he actually guarded Zion was pretty crazy because a lot of the times I feel like even Jamsters let me know if I'm wrong about this, but I feel like the last few games we kind of just let Zion have a head start. But we had Akogi tonight that was kind of just playing defense on him right straight away from the perimeter. And it kind of helped when you had like a Jock or even um, Bismack coming over to help to double team later on. So that was actually kind of effective. Um, so starting there, that's a huge plus. I mean, he Zion's playing defense against him too. Like trying mm-hmm. like, it was so weird. Cause the Kogi was really getting his in tonight against Zion. And Zion was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to return the favor a few blocks on threes or whatever he was doing, but it's just so weird. Cause the Kogi's so small, but a Kogi, the best part is him going up to get those um, offensive rebounds. He like knows exactly when to lift off. He got, a big offensive rebounds tonight. Massive. He, play, he plays huge, man. And I know towards the end, his defense was kind of suspect against Zion, but what are you going to do? EJ's yelling, you got to stop this guy. You can't, it's like, really? We're going to do this, EJ? Like, we're going to talk about, we can't stop Zion, but like, you have a better idea how to do it. Yeah. I kind of like what they were doing tonight with the Kogi and getting to the free throw line. He was waiting for those guys to like, kind of, he was doing the double pumps a few times and then he just made sure that those guys were up in the air he would like make sure that he would lift off throw up a shot that he always air balls those layups trying to get the end ones but get to the free throw line man he was i think he's like the re- booker is the reason we won mm-hmm. but he was the reason we extended or we we made sure to actually clinch that win because those big offensive rebounds towards the end of the game yeah, and a lot of jamsters are pointed out to, in the chat. And a reminder, if you're here, hit the thumbs up button. But they're talking about his lateral quickness against Zion. And it's the only thing you can try to do to stop Zion is just beat him to the edge because he wants to go left every time. And if you make him go right, we saw that happen in the fourth quarter with about three minutes left. They forced him to go right. Now, granted, what's his nugget? Uh, Josh Kogi fell down on the play. Chris Paul's the one who ultimately got the steal. But it was it was... It was Josh Akogi who forced him to go to his right in which he turned over the ball. It led to the common foul, but the the uh, the take foul at the same time. 
but you need somebody who has that lateral lateral quickness. And and Kogi plays bigger than he does than he is. I mean, it just yeah. comes down to that. He plays a lot bigger than he is. He's he's athletic as hell. And we knew that when we got this guy, that he was going to be somebody who would have some sort of an impact on the defensive end. It's it's the offensive rebounds that were just unbelievably fantastic tonight. It's his ability to get to that line uh, that we needed and and to make those free throws, which Devin Booker wasn't doing. And Chris Paul missed the late one as well. So, you know, you look at moving forward for this team and we talked about a little bit on the last podcast is, you know, he's earning minutes that are going to ultimately get him uh, potentially into a playoff rotation. Whoa, what was that? That's my beer in the mic. <laughs> Jeez, Matthews is not used to having That's a beer around a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but but does you know does Josh Akogi his minutes have to stay moving forward? I mean, does he does he yeah. start to just take all of Landry Shamit's minutes once we yeah. get people back and healthy? He yeah, you to, can right? you can see it on Shamit's face. He knows it's coming, and he also came in earlier. I don't know if it's because Book just came back from an injury, but he played. In Book's place, like the last two minutes of the first quarter, usually that's Book plays the whole first quarter. McCollum mm-hmm. played the whole first quarter. That's what Book does. So Koki came in, he plays huge minutes, and he could do everything that you need on the court. Like he seriously will do everything you need in a positive way, especially like the technicals. Like he even caused a technical tonight with um, Lance towards the end of the game, which was huge because he was holding on the ball and then Lance got frustrated. So he he's a frustrating so Larry guy. Nance. Yeah, Larry Nance, Lance, and he's funny. Lance, <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> You said Lance. <laughs> what would you say? Lance. Larry Nance. It's Hollywood. Then, um... Everyone's gay once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Tropic Thunder shit. What are you talking about? Lance. <laughs> I said Nance. <laughs> I, I had a few watching the game. Right? You're the one that told me to drink tonight. But um, so uh, Kogi, he does he does everything, man. He gets the rebounds. He facilitates. He doesn't take wild shots. Doesn't Kogi seem like a guy that just would take wild random shots and like get your team like out of sink like it's like why are you shooting that because everyone's he's kinda, he's done that at times he'll right. shoot threes it's like the landell threes right like the whole team will be shooting and they might have some rhythm and then all of a sudden jock landell will be like woo and just like launch up yeah. some shit three <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man I, I i i love the threes man this guy is he's already a fan favorite he's already kind of outplayed oh, lee for the fan favorite right now and jock for sure no a hundred percent i think that that's something that you know, I I put that poll out last podcast. Who's gonna who's the new fan favorite? Landell's the guy who started off that way, but I think just due to the position that he plays and the log jam between Bismack Biombo and DeAndre Ayton ahead of him, like he's gonna get sporadic playing time. Whereas Josh Akogi has truly played his way not only onto this roster and into some quality minutes for the Phoenix Suns, but into our hearts. Josh Akogi, the way that he plays basketball with the hustle, with the grit, with the athleticism. He's doing all those little things that you need to win. Because guess what? Winning in the NBA is a razor-thin margin. We see that all the time. It's something that we know going back to being Suns fans for as long as we have and looking at the decade between 2011 and 2020, the Suns would lose game after game after game because they didn't have a margin player. And why why are the Pelicans so successful? Because they have a deep team full of margin players. Najee Marshall is one of those guys. Right. You know, Jose Alvarado, he's one of those guys. Uh, Larry Nance Jr., he's one of those guys. Devontae Graham, he can be one of those guys. That's what makes this team so scary. And personally, you know, I'm unbelievably excited that we beat this team tonight because I know that we we need it probably more than they do because they're a very talented team and they're going to continue to be very hard for a, a very hard out 
for people throughout this regular season due to their depth, due to their grit, due to the fact that they have a lot of these hustle guys. You know, when you talk about, oh, the ball happened to go their way, it goes your way because you have the hustle guys. It went our way tonight because we have a hustle guy in Josh Kogi. Yeah, finally we have that, man. That's It's a real one, too. It's not like we're just like, oh, we have this hustle dude out there that can't make a difference. He does. He's there in crunch time, dude. That makes He makes that big of a difference where he's playing big minutes. Like he's gonna be that guy for a while, and I, I can't wait, man. Him and Booker the next ten years together, what a tandem! <laughs> Kogi and Booker, but that's who won the game. I mean, that's straight <laughs> yeah. up. You're right. That's who won the game for the it Suns is. tonight. It's, and it's, Chris it, Paul, it, he held for sure. Well, and I and I think it's time that we give Chris Paul a little love. But we'll do that right after this word from DraftKings. You looking to make some cold hard cash? Visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Who doesn't love a good same-game parlay? Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Win enough money and who knows, Jamsters, maybe we can buy the franchise from Robert Sarver. All right, let's talk Chris Paul. So Chris Paul in this game, definitely an important piece of the puzzle to help the Phoenix Suns win. 35 minutes played with 6 of 11 from the field, including 5 of 7 from beyond the arc, Matthew. Had 18 points, 8 assists in this game, had 5 rebounds as well. What did you see from the point guard tonight? He was really flicking that wrist, man. Like, you can tell those threes were going to go in. Like, I don't know if you noticed, like, he doesn't really, I don't feel like I never really noticed, like, his flick of the wrist. But it happened tonight where he's like, I got to make these because this is, Part of the comeback. I'm filling the holes where Booker's not. He's going on his run, but the way Booker is, he's not going to throw a team out of sync. He's not going to. He's not going to be like the 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 big guy. Like you know, he's not going to take it away from the rest of the team and make sure like he wants to make sure that the team's actually playing team ball. And Chris Paul, he still gets the rock a few times. So when he does, he would hit his threes. That was huge. Like in the beginning of the game, I was like, this guy's a zero on offense. He's not helping. In the second quarter, it looked terrible. He was nothing, but he he defers the book a lot. He does look really tired. His little jump shot mid-range kind of fade away. It looks really painful to watch. Mm -hmm. But if he is a guy that's just shooting the three and facilitating wins needed, deferring to book, I'm fine with that. I think that's fine. Like It's the point of his career where he's just going to be shooting the three and they're going in high percentage. I feel like the last few games he's been really – killing the other team with those threes so yeah you can't really ask for too much more from him he does look tired and just older out there he does but he's not he's not overexerting himself throwing these games away which is good he'll go hide in the corner a few times it's fine he knows but he'll mm-hmm. lead this team when is needed so that's the very important part of this but it's good to know that he knows because that's always the fear that you have in some of uh, these former superstars of the nba as they are hitting the twilight of their career, their back nine, if you will, is they don't know when to let go. 
And I think that the injury that he had earlier in the season really was a good mental check for him to go, you know what? I might not be that guy anymore, and that's okay. I can still be a productive player and help this team win ball games, but I'm not going to be the dominating player. Now, the challenge with that is we are left without a good score, if you will. Somebody could still assist the ball for sure, but not a consistent quality score next to Devin Booker because Mikhail Bridges is schizophrenic. He's on one game. He's off the next. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is injured right now, but from a guard standpoint, Josh Okogie ain't going to do it. He ain't going to be picking up, you know, 18 to 28 points a game. So that's the challenge for the Phoenix Suns as they move forward is how do they, how do they make up for the lack of CP3's production from a point scoring standpoint? Now tonight he was great. He had 18 points, exactly what you need from him. Had eight assists, exactly what you need from him. Managed the game, new to feed book, new to feed the players around him in a successful manner to help win this game. But I mean, he's he's definitely on the back nine, and it's going to be one of those things where yeah. the, the Suns are really going to have to start to think how are they going to replace that offensive scoring proje- production moving forward. The the worst part of the game from him was the last free throws attempt. The the last time he got fouled, you know, to end the game, he got fouled. Booker was wide open. Booker was looking for the ball for his sixty points. You think it was smart for him to keep it because Booker has been struggling from the line. I think it was smart. I wanted him to give it to, to Booker. It because I wanted Booker to have two more free throw shots at 60. 60. But Chris Paul taking the free throws probably was the better call. I think so too. I think so too. And he kind of ignored him there too. Like Booker was like, Booker's like, and Chris Paul was like, yeah, whatever. Like we just got to win this game. Yeah. I win the win, buddy. Pissed off that Booker's getting all the glory. No, I'm just joking. No. (laughs) New controversy as first reported by the Suns Jam Session (laughs) podcast. Uh, Well, another interesting thing about CP3 is obviously yesterday he graduated from Winston-Salem State University. So yeah. they win the game in LA. He flies back to Winston State or Winston Salem State University, graduates, gets every one of the graduating students. What was it? Forty five hundred dollars each. Yeah, no, uh, twenty five hundred. I think EJ said forty five hundred during the. I broadcast. saw on Twitter it was twenty. I saw on Twitter. So. On, yeah, I have twenty five my notes, but then I heard him I was say like, that forty five would make more sense or five thousand because I'm like twenty five hundred. So like, how would you feel if you graduated from Winston Salem State University last year, Matthew? How would I feel? Yeah. Uh, like, drop? <laughs> no, no. Like, <laughs> imagine you graduated last yeah. year. You know, you worked hard. You're there all four years. Yeah. You graduated. And then, like, the next year, CP3 graduates with the class and gives everyone 2500 bucks. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. To, what miss, that to miss out. Oh, yeah. that would be the worst. Or Especially you graduate take, next year. Yeah, I want to take a selfie with Chris Paul in a parking lot underneath yeah. the tree. Like, come Me on, too. man. And then yeah, get I the mean, money. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I... I I would I would have definitely missed out on a big opportunity just to get a nice little autograph and eh, I don't know I don't want to think about that now dude I, I just think, think it would be funny I, I like for anyone who graduated from Winston Salem State last year is just like shit man if I just <laughs> failed a fucking class I could have hung around just long enough to to get CP3 to give me some money it's not about the selfie it's about like yeah. twenty five hundred extra bucks like dang it and quick. Trivia question. Maybe some of the Jamsters can answer this in the in the chat. Winston Salem State University. What's their mascot? It is the uh, Cougars. Yeah, that's incorrect. It's always the Cougars or um, the Wolves or something. Is it a is it a cat? No, it's not a cat. It is an animal, though. Uh, two more animal guesses. Not a cat. The puppy chow. The puppy chow. That's not an animal. That's what 
an animal eats are the carnivorous raptors that's correct the winston Salem state carnivorous <laughs> it's the rams the rams oh the rams okay. so there you go the more you know brought to you by these <laughs> nuts uh <laughs> the warden warden tonight again 15 points 5 of 13 for shooting 3 of 9 from beyond the arc 2 assists 3 steals 3 rebounds it was one of those games where he kind of disappeared hit a couple corner 3 pointers that were big and that comeback they were big that's for sure but another one of those kind of disappearing disappearing acts in my opinion Matthew yeah, it was. And I was getting my McHill um, notes ready. I'm like, okay, right, here we go. Two threes to start the game. Um, gets, you know, gets to the rim. Then I'm just like, where does he go? I cannot e- explain to you guys, you jamsters out there, that how I write these, like, I, I can't figure out a way to really even write down notes because I, when I watch the game, he does disappear. I can't keep up with them or something. There's something that happens where he's just totally gone. He had that jump ball towards the end of the game, which was nice, it was but big. it was a possession. I don't know. I'm still so up in the air with this guy. Like I, I love Mikhail. Of course he's, he's fucking awesome, but I don't know how to really follow him on the court. Like a Deandre Aiden, where it's kind of nice when Aiden's out because you can just watch the game and enjoy it and not do Aiden watch the whole time. We just watch him and not anything else. Um, but Mikhail's the total, total opposite. And Mikhail is just like, he will just disappear. I'll f- try to find him. I just don't know what I'm trying to look at. I don't know. I, it's such a hard thing for me to explain with this guy. Yeah. Uh, King Paul makes a good point he took cj out of the game in the second half and i i did notice that his defense was amped up in that second half and i was watching the third quarter frantically because again i was putting together the bright side uh recap (laughs) unbeknownst to me i was like oh shit because david texted me earlier (laughs) in the week he's like john can you do i I got you i got got you you." you know i'm like the suns are playing the clippers and the pelicans i'm going to continue my losing streak we went two and oh in those games so i'm actually kind of proud but i did notice that cj all of a sudden was ice cold and it's because Mikhail was really keyed in and focused on him. So, yeah. but outside of that offensively, I just feel like there's a lot of challenges, a lot of opportunities for that consistency when it comes to, uh, when it comes to Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. And he does so much for this team. Maybe he's just that guy. Cause I think before like last year and the beginning of this year, we're looking for that second guy, right. For Booker. Yeah. And it he's could not be him. God, it wouldn't be nice yeah, if it was, but it's, it's not, it's just Deandre. That's who yeah. it is. But we need uh, we need a wing. We need a wing score. You need we a do. wing score if we need to we be successful. Ingram. Oh my yeah. god, dude! Oh man, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> oh my god, oh, we can only wish. We can only wish. Um, all right, well, let's talk a little bit about what happened in a place that you, I believe I believe you were hanging out at tonight. It was a, the, I was. Were you were you hanging out on their subreddit? I was. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Oh, I do declare. <laughs> yeah, dude, hot stuff. Graphic in the middle. What's up? <laughs> You're going to have to change the graphic in the middle. Oh, is it not working? No, my computer's all oh. fucked up. I wish I could show you guys what like my computer's doing. In fact, I probably can. Like, it's just spazzing. Look at that. Oh, That's what my computer's dude. doing right now. Double me. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Stupid thing. Yeah, so I do declare I was hanging you out do the subreddit. Declare. Oh man, I had a pen too. I was drawing a mole and I forgot. I was gonna do a little mole, Cindy <laughs> Crawford morning. mole for y'all. 
All right. <laughs> so the subreddit stakeout, for those of you who are new to the podcast, is something we do. We hang out on the, the subreddit of the opposing team. And the Pelicans have been a very interesting one to hang out on. So tell us what what's going on there today, Matthew. Yeah, there's a lot because they think they're better than us. All right. They might be true. <laughs> that, that might be true, but nah, probably we'll right. But... We did beat them in the playoff series, but um, it started off with Booker and it ended with Booker. Okay. Uh, Booker's creepy face annoys me Ooh, more than it should. Rude. I never rude. heard of him having a creepy face. <laughs> yeah, not maybe, creepy. Maybe I don't know, dude. Um, Herb gives up ten. Oh wait, that's those are my fucking notes. Wait, are those my notes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Herb gives up ten Booker points in four point five minutes. Not working. Time for Di- for Dyson ASAP. So they're trying to find ways to, you know, defend book. It's not going to yeah, happen. Not gonna this happen. is early on. That's just not going to happen. Um, that backboard, the buzzer beater. Thought about you the from Najee. Yes. Najee fucked with the backboard. So that buzzer beater, that was hurtful. <laughs> Let me take this off, dude. And then um, next one was, we are kicking the piss out of them. So this is early on. This is before Booker woke up. And this is before Booker dominated the Pelicans. And then right up after that, Herb is busting his ass on Booker. Jamsters, let me know. Did Herb Jones do a good job on Booker? Because I feel like when I looked at the stats, he had about 36 points when they actually sent this out and subreddit. I was like, are you sure that's actually happening? Because I swear that is not happening because Booker's having his way. This wouldn't be a game if Zion got superstar calls. So here we go with the free throw thing. Free throws, they were off balance a little bit. doesn't matter. Suns, this happens to Suns all the time, right? Tonight, the the Pelicans were actually not as physical. I feel like getting to the rim, right? Let, let me know seriously, like because I honestly think that they weren't. I think Zion was kind of stopped short of the rim, and I also think that the Suns were very physical tonight, especially Booker getting to the rim. And then, how the fuck do you let Booker do that? I'm not sure what they were talking about because Booker was doing a lot of that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Which thing were they not sure that Booker could do? Who knows? There was a lot of it. So when I pulled that, I mean, it was just like by the time I looked at it, Booker was already scoring his fourth point in the next in the in two two seconds. So no idea. They still didn't know how to double Booker. It's unreal. Um, you can double Booker. He'll pass out of it and get the ball back. Booker's figured that out now. So the whole double team thing. It doesn't matter anymore to Booker. Sometimes, especially tonight, when he's going off, it doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Last thing was, uh, why are we giving this? Uh, why are we going with Jose on Booker? At least make him have to shoot over length. So, the whole thing was just struggling getting over the whole Booker situation. They're trying to find ways there in subreddit to stop him and help the Pelicans out. Didn't work, and uh, they were having a hard time there, dude. They they were saying the refs were fucking them over, but oh, they were, they were not. Slow stroke me on that. They, Shut up, Pelicans. Yeah, I was saying when you were gone, I'm like, I feel like the Pelicans were kind of soft tonight. They weren't really driving to the rim. Zion was kind of being stopped out there by the paint, wasn't getting to the rim as much. So you're not going to get the calls, man. And we know as Suns fans, we don't if we're not aggressive. So, Well, it, it must be really frustrating for fans of the New Orleans Pelicans to watch a game in which it's uh, uh, properly officiated, you know, because yeah. they're, they're, they're so used to Zion Williamson kind of just running over everybody and, and doing what he wants that, you know, when, when they take a look at a, a normally officiated game and they, and what was it, what was the free throw totals on this one, Matthew? 
Well, early on they said like something like twenty four to eight or something, but I didn't look at it right now. Let me check. Uh, free throws yeah. twenty to twenty two. The the Pelicans had twenty two more or had two more free throw attempts than the Suns did. So, uh, Pelicans fans, that's what you call a properly officiated game where it's somewhat even because not one team. Is I have thirty five to thirteen. Thirty five to thirteen, right? Free throw attempts twenty. Yeah, the the, the, the Pelicans were twenty of twenty two. The oh, Suns. Really? Okay. Am I looking at the right game? Maybe not. I'm, not, I'm looking. No, I'm, it's I'm, it's thirty five to thirteen. So no, I'm not looking at the right game. It's all right. You had to like reboot. You had to get your things. back I'm on up a different computer. I'm on literally <laughs> a different computer. I don't know what the oh. hell's going on with my other computer right now. But thankfully, I had my work computer. And there you go. Subreddit steakhouse. Fuck it. The Suns Jam Session subreddit steakhouse. All right. Oh hey. I do hey. declare, Matthew's I back. I do declare, Where if I had been? that mole, would have stuck the rest of the night. <laughs> so I would have thrown everybody off. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to talk Jamstar here really quick, but I want to give a shout out to Joe Casillas, one of our loyal listeners and uh, an old buddy of mine. Went to middle school and high school with him, and he watches the podcast. And he had he had asked on the last podcast if anybody had tracked the Jamstars. And he he actually went through and tracked our jam star. So for those of you who are watching, you can see the graphic. Up to this point of the season, Devin Booker's been our jam star 13 times. DeAndre Ayton, this is combined between both you and I. DeAndre Ayton, thir- or I'm sorry, Devin Booker 15 times. DeAndre Ayton 13 times. Mikhail Bridges six times. Josh Akogi five times. Dwayne Washington Jr. three times. And then Campaign, Chris Paul, Cam Johnson, Torrey Craig, all two times. That's impressive that Cameron Johnson... Well, I guess two times means we both agreed it was in because it's it's each guy. And yeah. One for, one for Dario Sarge, one for Jock Landell. And you take a look at where we stand personally. I've given Devin Booker eight jam stars. You've given him seven. I've given Aiton seven. You've given him six. Looks like you're bigger on a, on a Kogi than I am. We're the same on Bridges. And then you voted for everyone else. Once. So that's that's a great graphic. I'm actually going to turn that's that That's awesome. It is. It's awesome. Looking so shout great. out to Joe Casillas. Uh, but I'm going to make a, a spreadsheet out of that, and I'll continue to track our jam stars. Yeah, that's such a good idea. I, I really I really is. So, again, th- shout out to, to Casillas, because he probably had to go back to every episode Yeah, and, and listen to just to find out who our well, jam uh, stars are. Lose. <laughs> sons you lose. Sons lose. That just shows that Kogi is the fan favorite, man, because he hasn't really blossomed until like the last two weeks. So, right? About two, three weeks? No, you're right. You're right. He's getting the playing time. He's finally getting that love. So, yeah, we'll ask you and me who the jam star may be. Jam star of the game. All right. It's got to be Devin Booker. Has to be like a Kogi honorable mention, but it's Booker. Fifty-eight points, bro. Fifty-eight points, bro. Arena that, record. Yeah, that fadeaway three in the corner. That was that was sick. nothing but net. I'm like, this yes. is insane. I seriously just almost walked outside, just naked, and started doing some push-ups or something. Like I was really? just like, this is it's cold insane. outside. Yeah, even EJ said he was about to leave the arena. He's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> I'm gone. It was like, crazy. Back. Where'd you go? But you guys realize, like, he was this way before he got hurt. He was just going off insane. So if he can just – I did notice tonight a little bit where defensively he wasn't playing as hard in certain situations, trying to go the extra effort because he's just like, I feel like I get hurt. And I feel like maybe his hamstring is lingering a little bit. But mm-hmm. he's also maybe hopefully knowing, like, hey, don't do the extra shit. 
let a Kogi do that. All right. Kogi's in there for you. Let him get in. He's not going to get injured because he's more athletic, but just let him do the dirty shit. Yeah. It was just a great performance over. Oh, oh my like, God. It was just, it was Amazing, fantastic. Man. It like to, to sum up this game. And I'm sure many of you jamsters who watch the game are, are feeling the same way I did. It's just like, it's like, what the fuck happened? It was like that Vikings Colts game today. You're like, all of a sudden you're like, what the hell happened? Like, I thought this one was done. We're down 24. Yeah. Dev Booker made a three. They made a couple shots. And then I was just like, oh my God, we're clawing back into this game. We're down six all of a sudden. Like it was highly, highly impressive. And again, you know, Devin Booker, the way that he plays basketball and the, and the determination that he has, I mean, if he's, if he's on, he's on. So you got to be ready for that. So uh, a shout out to him. It was nice to get a win against the Pelicans. It's nice to have some oh, of the yeah, Pelicans yeah. feel some of that disdain in their oh, it's great. It's always good to hear. I fucking love always it. good to hear. And you want to talk about disdain next up for the Phoenix suns Monday at 7 PM. We are playing the Los Angeles Lakers at home. Anthony Davis is up in the air. He's not yeah. playing tonight with a, you know, he's got that foot soreness again. Let's go. Let's let, let, let's take on these Lakers. I'm ready for the Lakers. man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't say that enough. Oh yeah. I'm excited because oh, yeah. Lakers last game I watched was, I think it was last night, Friday night game. They came back, they beat the um, uh, Denver nuggets. Yeah. And Russell Westbrook looked really fucking awesome. He's, and Anthony Davis was out bench, early. Man. Yeah. Anthony Davis was out early in that game, but never came back. So we'll see if he's going to play, but he's been playing. He's my fantasy player. I, I have him um zion and um kevin durant as my good top Lord. three players good Lord. and so Was far anthony davis is like the draft? number one player no <laughs> so far anthony davis is number one in fantasy he's just he's lighting it up and if he's back i kind of want to see that i want to see some kind of competitive game and hopefully aiden comes back right I think I mean tonight was competitive, but I want to see a healthy, like real, like Lakers team with Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Westbrook. I want to see what that's like against the Suns team with with Aiden. Yeah, I think Aiden will be back. You know, the, the challenge that the Lakers have, and granted, they're they're playing a lot better basketball. It's a team that started off, I think, three and twelve, and last I checked, they were fifteen and something or thirteen and something. I don't remember, but they're they're a team that definitely has is on the upswing and that's because anthony davis has been playing out of his mind recently yeah now granted if he's not there that's going to change some things but at the same time there's always that disdain for the lakers they're currently the 12th seed they're 12 and 16 you'll want to put your your foot on their throat lebron james takes the second most uh field goal attempts per game in the entire nba still and i think that it's just another opportunity for the phoenix suns to remind the the lakers that uh we don't like them very much a, a loss to the lakers hurts more than a loss to the pelicans because the pelicans are a team like that's good that you know is on the upswing we talked about last year you know the whole time i was watching this game and, and playing the, the pelicans what three times in six games or whatever it was playing them that much it reminded me of the playoffs last year where you and i were sitting there and after we we down that team and we excommunicated them from the playoffs we're like, fuck, man, this team's going to be good next year. And guess what? They're good. Yeah. The Lakers suck. They are. But honestly, it, it is early. And I think that um, the way the Suns handled the the Pelicans, well, the way Booker handled it was yeah, just it was a gift from God because we needed a win. Because if we were going to lose this game tonight and then go into the late and go and play the Lakers and maybe lose, I feel like we'll beat the Lakers for sure. Even with Anthony Davis there. And if DA comes back and Anthony Davis is there, I think we win for sure. Um, if it's the other way around where 
um, Davis's out and then Aiden might be out. It might be a tougher game just because mm-hmm. the Lakers, they fucking hate the Suns and Westbrook's been playing amazing, but I don't know. I just hate losing the Lakers because of all those fans that are there. It's just like, I love to send them home. Like, I'm Oh scared. yeah. Nope. There's nothing, there's nothing better than sending the home exactly. Laker fans frustrated. So we'll see, you know, that game again's on Monday. Uh, shit. We still got like eight minutes. What do you want to talk about, man? Fuck. I don't know, man. I'm just excited about this Booker win, man. I am too. I'm just, I'm pissed at my, I've had so many technical difficulties tonight. Like, but you pull it together. The thing is like, James, it's so hard. Like when things are going fucked, like everything goes blurry for me. I'm like, what the fuck? And I can't see anything. I'm like, what do I do? But John, dude, you were like back in it quick. We didn't even know. Hardly. It's just oh. a few little things here or there. Well, if you're listening, you probably really didn't know. You heard me robot yeah. voice for a little bit, but well, outside of that. It's probably because you had the girls at your house tonight, right? Wasn't a girls party? My yeah, sisters were over there. Yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> they're, they're, they're over there at the bar. They want me to pick them up soon. Yeah. You know, but cool. they're partying. They're like trying to tell me shit about the dog sweater. I'm like, fucking damn. I'm trying to like write and watch <laughs> yeah. the game. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> you know? Like, oh my gosh, he's. Why does he care about the game? Laney's sweater. Like, no, why does he care? Do they have money on the game? Fucking, <laughs> Shannon said earlier, she's like, she's like, Laney's sweater's cute. I'm like, uh, yeah. She's like, why are you being mean? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah. you didn't answer quick enough. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're standing thinking. in front of the game. Like, Sounds like drunk Shannon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Give me two seconds and boom. Do we have childhood trauma? Everyone's asking for it. Oh, dude. Let's, yeah, we got some time. Let's childhood trauma this up. Think of a topic. Childhood trauma. Yeah, everybody's childhood trauma. And this is great. I didn't even see the chat. Uh, Let's see here. Ted Lubin said, what's the worst Christmas present you received? Oh, that's tough. I feel like my dad always did a really good job. I feel like my parents did did a good job at Christmas, too. Like, I never got (laughs) like some some whack present or anything. I can tell um, my sister, Stephanie, who's over tonight. Um. I'll I'll do her childhood trauma. So okay. she was always into video games and comic books growing up. But every Christmas, <laughs> my mom and dad would give her like uh, like <laughs> jewelry stuff, like just uh, like um, what do you is it an armoire where you put your jewelry or whatever, and you just you put it and you have the mirrors. I don't know what it is, but they no would idea. always buy. Okay, <laughs> it's, I think it's an armoire. And one Christmas, she got one of those for her jewelry, but she never had jewelry. Okay. Never. So okay. I don't know if this is a thing. It's like she hey, got a jewelry holder with no jewelry. She never really had jewelry. She just would love to play video games. She's like, I want a um N64 and these games, but they would give her the jewelry shit. So I'm like, dude, I felt sorry for her. But anyway, so she would get that, and then she actually had a dog, and I think you know the story. Uh a little dog that was a chihuahua would poop in her room crazy, just poop everywhere. So then, like, if people would come over, she would hide the poop in her armoire. Oh, my God. <laughs> she would, <laughs> she, found she was sport. that lazy where she would hide it in her armoire. <laughs> and then you would go in there and open it, and all there'd be, like, little turds in there, dude. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, it's a little trauma, trauma for me, maybe. And she used yeah. to actually try to sneak. Uh, the, some nights I'd be sleeping, and then she would, like, take the poop, and like sneak it under the door, but I would hear it because we had wood floors. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was a be all oh, hard because it was all. I can't old. wait! To, I can't wait to pick her up from the bar. I'm gonna tell her that story. Like, hey, your armoire. Your yeah, armoire, we just lost like 20 viewers. <laughs> stay in that, stay in that. But yeah, that was it. It was always about the hard turds growing up, man. Wow. Yeah. Like, I I can't think of a really bad bad Christmas. 
You know, like uh, my parents, they we weren't wealthy in any way, shape, or form growing up. But they always somehow pulled it together and, and put on good Christmases for us. I remember one year, all the toys my brother and I got were like Terminator 2 action figures. It was the fucking coolest thing, man. Like little John Connor and the dirt bike. You had Arnold Schwarzenegger and the big old motorcycle and the shotgun and like exoskeletons. <laughs> like that was super cool. I remember one year. So this is one. I don't know think I've told this on the podcast, but I've definitely told this a bunch. So uh, I was raised with. Uh, I have three little brothers and an older sister. So my older sister's three years younger than me. So when I was really young, uh, for the first about seven to eight years of my life, a lot of the things that I liked were things that my sister liked because I was raised around my sister. And my sister liked My Little Ponies and New Kids on the Block and all that stuff, you know, late 80s, early 90s. So I remember one year for Christmas, I got... <laughs> I got two My Little Ponies. It was Dodger and or, or it was it was Slugger, and that was the baseball My Little Pony male. And then I got quarterback, and he was the the football. So my sister had all her My Little Ponies. I had like the male My Little Ponies. And then, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I had quarter, quarterback and Slugger. Jeez. You know, he came with like yeah. a baseball bat. So lame. And uh, and my member, I remember my sister and I got all excited because our parents or Santa got us the my little pony ice cream shop like you could open it up and then that's your my little ponies could go there and get ice cream and shit. yeah dude, that's fucking weird dude. and then one year i got a walkman when walkmans were first coming out and i got a one cassette tape with my walkman and it was the single step by step by new kids on the block <laughs> I remember, and I remember just like <laughs> walking around with my headphones on, like step by step. Ooh, ooh, baby, gonna get song. to you, girl. Is it the uh, one uh, step my, by step, day by day? No, no, day, that, day oh. by day. No, that's day the, by day. that was the show, step by step. And then my sister got the same thing, but she got tonight. So you know, NKOTB, New Kids on the Block. Oh. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one Christmas, uh, really quick, someone asked, um, "Did any of these presents traumatize you?" My, um, my little ponies traumatized me. Yeah, I was like, gonna say. I think that well, was like, one. You're you're in like sixth or seventh grade, so or, or six or seven years old. So you go to first grade, and you tell people what you got for Christmas, and they made fun of me for it. And I didn't know. I was just like, <laughs> oh, this is what kids play with. Like you grow up around an older sister, you just play with the same shit she does. Especially when you're poor, it's like your parents are like, you know, like grand. Like I played baseball and stuff. And but but after the the my little pony things was like really embarrassing because I'd go to school and people would be like. I'd be like, yeah, I got quarterback and slugger. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember uh, one time when I went, I think I went Christmas shopping with my mom. And she's like, all right, um, we're going to get Shannon and Stephanie something, my sisters. But we got them two CDs, but I wanted a CD too, just to get for me and just, you know, put it in my sock. Cause I knew about no Santa. Oh, yeah. sorry, Jansers. Spoiler. <sighs> there's no Santa. But um, <laughs> Shit. I was like, could I get this one and <laughs> the CD? All right. Don't give me shit. Oh, I will. The CD that I really wanted that I didn't want them to have that I wanted was the TLC song <laughs> or the TLC. Um, what, crazy, the, sexy, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I Dude, got that, that one. Was dope. Yeah, that one, and then it's I gave them album. like the genuine one, and then like some Usher one. Genuine. And a... <laughs> genuine. What was the first CD you ever owned? Uh it had to be. Um, it had to, it was an Aerosmith one. I think it was the Nine Lives. Okay. Aerosmith Nine Lives. That was, I still love that, that album. So I, I spent my whole day cleaning up my garage today. And I was going through and I was consolidating some old boxes and whatnot. And I came across the first CD I ever owned. Now, there's the first CD I owned and the first album I ever owned. 
The first CD I ever owned was the single, and I found it today. It's still in my garage. The single for Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey off the <laughs> Fantasy album. <laughs> Dude. And the, the first album I ever owned was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Well, how how uh, how old were you? Uh, do you remember, like when Jagged? Oh, that was a, that was a great. It album. was a great album. Uh, yeah. I was eleven, something like that. Eleven, oh, okay. Nineteen ninety-five. No, I was like maybe twelve. Okay. We were raised in a very different family. I mean, if you've listened to childhood trauma on this podcast before, oh yeah, my, my dad raised pigeons, and it's a little different. I, yeah, I grew up in a very different environment, so uh, we didn't get a CD player until like nineteen ninety-five, and then yeah, it was always be my baby. Shoot it out. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic. That was, that was always album. one. I didn't have that one. My sister did, but I always listened to it. Yeah, my sister, she used to always listen to fucking Celine Dion. Oh, boo, that's bad. Yeah. Celine Dion good. always sucks. Except for the good. Titanic song, that's it. Yeah, it's pretty much. Nah, she was all right. Uh, but there you go. Childhood Trauma brought to you by... <laughs> our childhoods uh again thank you jams for hanging out we'll be going live after the lakers game on monday night uh i'm on day one of like a five day five days off so this is gonna be fun oh cool uh, man yeah, so but I, five days and then what do you work friday i work or... thursday and friday next week okay i'm off saturday then i work christmas oh you have to work christmas yeah but it's gonna be easy it's like, it'll be you, like a half day okay yeah it doesn't when you get older it's like eh, as long as you i have don't like really, christmas eve really yeah christmas eve like with with the the lissy family and then like my sister comes to town on monday so i'll be like spending the week with her we're gonna go see christmas vacation in the theater and then the next night we're gonna go see it's a wonderful life in the theater um and cry <laughs> that's the one that's, that's the, the one, one movie, movie that John cries the to. one movie that, that that i cry my eyes out to is it's a wonderful life <laughs> Uh, my cool. mom's already making fun of me. She's like, "Your nephews are gonna see you cry." I was like, "God bless us." Every time, it, every time, it, yeah, I'm like, I gotta run to the bathroom every time an angel or a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. So, <laughs> uh, but anyways, on that note, Jamsters, we hope you had a good time hanging out with us. Suns win eighteen and twelve, big dub. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching this podcast, please hit that thumbs up. Follow me at Darth Voida. Follow him at Matthew Lissy, and follow the show at Suns Jam. On Instagram, Twitter, and the TikTok. All right, everyone, go home and love your family. Boop, you're Celine Dion CD. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 